Raisin Man Arena. Bringing us on. You can bring us on whenever you want, Flea, because we're professional podcasters. We've That's right, you're this, ready at the drop of a hat. We've been doing this almost a year, right? We've been doing the show almost a year. Hello. Oh, my God. Hello, we've been doing this almost a year. When did we start in March? In April? Um. Well, I mean, COVID started in March. That's got us. I'm going to be so disappointed. Uh, <laughs> the video's still playing. Yeah, the video's still playing. Of the, really of the America's Got Talent kids dancing, and now yeah. this little yeah. boy's dressed like a cop. He's dressed wow. like a dictator. Oh, is that? And he's, he's uh, Latinx. But he's dressed like a sort and of... And that's not why I said he looks like a dictator. Well, no, but on <laughs> top... a dictator could be of any race or creed. That's right. No, on top of that, he does look like a... He does like the leader, look like the leader of a junta in, mm. a, in a Latin American country. And uh, Felipe can say that because I can his say dad that. was the leader. Exactly. Yeah, my dad was part of a <laughs> violent, repressive uh, regime. That's funny. Felipe did used to do jokes about someone in your family. Oh, you don't want to talk about this. Um, I mean... <laughs> I was just going to say, Felipe's <laughs> sure. jokes about a possible you, involvement of his family in, like, what was it? Well, the, I'll just say it. My dad was in the Argentine military uh, in the, uh, I guess, 80s. In the 80s. And they were, you know, a repressive regime. I think he was cool, though. He yes. disappeared a lot of people, right? Um, no, I think my dad was cool. Yeah. But <laughs> they were used like, to do these jokes about it, and I remember, I can't remember which friend it was who came and saw the show. Maybe it was even Seth who was like... Can Felipe talk about that if it's uh, maybe it's real? <laughs> I um, didn't. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But it's. A, I thought it was funny. Yeah. It it was a joke that did consistently well, <laughs> and uh, probably. I mean, no. If if it had been real that my dad had done that, I probably couldn't have told those jokes. Yeah. So that's how we know that it, it was okay. That it was not right. Jokes. If I, if he had done anything bad, I wouldn't have told the jokes. Have done it. Which is related to, in and of itself, the magic show that we'll talk about next week after you guys have watched it, where he starts the show. This is this musician. Is, I think his name's Derek Del Guadio. Is that right? Do you remember? Something like that. And he says, Hey man, do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Already in Will in the Mix. (laughs) (laughs) It's this magic show on Hulu. Everybody watch it. Raisin Man Nation, watch um, in and of itself because we're going to do a little book club. We'll talk about it next week. Um, And he starts by saying, uh, You can choose whether to believe him or not, but because he knows you won't believe him, that's how he knows he can tell the truth. So (laughs) you can choose to believe him or not. So if you're an audience member, I believe you, I don't believe you. You have both options. Yes. But because. He knows you won't believe him. He's safe to tell the truth. Hmm. Yeah, huh. that's, what, that's, what that's what Felipe's dad and was saying when he was torturing so it's sort of Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can choose to believe that you had no involvement with the guerrilla or not, but I will decide. Um, wait, I'm really trying to untangle that sentence. You can choose me to believe me or not, but because you won't. I know you won't. I can tell. The, that's how, why I can tell the truth, because you're not even going to believe it, so it doesn't matter. Huh. Right? That makes sense. Well, but then as an audience, there's not that much to it, I think. But then as an audience, see the the video before I I pass judgment, Sarah. Then as an audience member, I would be like, then I should believe him. Yep. And then he's got you tricked. I think. Fuck. You know, watch the thing. Fuck. I haven't even watched the thing, and I'm already tricked by his by his magician's tricks. That's right. That's for next week. Uh, Welcome everybody. I see Julia's here, Carly's here. We do a quick naming of everyone. Yeah, roll call. Carly, if you're in the chat, please say present. Seth, Julia, Lena, Carly. Pedro got here 15 minutes early. That was cool. Uh, yep. Elena's here. Hey, Elena. Uh, you know that in my when I was in jazz band in middle school, they used to say, if you are, um, if you aren't 15 minutes early, you're late, or if practice starts at eight and you're there at eight, you're late. Something yeah. like yeah, something yeah, to yeah, that right. effect. Yeah. That's not right. They should say what time they want you to get there. 
right no i agree with you but that's not the that's not the jazz band mentality because what that's not the jazz band <laughs> oh, mentality because it's jazz because it's jazz <laughs> yes yeah 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 because it's jazz you can arrive late no 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 oh, you no. have to arrive early if you What's arrive on time <laughs> you're late explain the joke to us and then and deliver it yeah, again yeah, and we'll get it good. um okay let's say practice is at eight uh-huh okay or rehearsal is at eight sarah you show up at eight you're late. Because that's the jazz band mentality. Yes. The jazz band mentality <laughs> is you got if you show up early, you're on time. Uh, okay. And if yes, you yes, show yes, up yes. on time, you're late. And okay. if you show up late, you're fucked. No, I get it. Mm. I get the philosophy. Yeah. I thought jazz guys were more, they kind that, of, they're cats. They kind of lose, they they loose, loose, yeah. They saunter jazz in. jazz cigarette, yeah. which has marijuana in loose. It. You don't smoke cigarettes in middle school jazz band. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different culture. Then what makes it jazz? Um, you know, you it's the twos and the fours. No, the ones and threes. One of those. It's either twos and fours or ones and threes. And um and you know, you play the and you play the standards. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's white, at least in my middle school. Sam is quiet. <laughs> Felipe? Felipe. Sam is quiet. What did we talk about before the show? Sam said he wanted what to be loud. What the hell? Sam is quiet. Let me hear Sam. Yeah. Uh, oh, cause Sam's back and he was gone, so he should so get speak up. I'm speaking up. <laughs> I'm speaking up. Can you let me know Sam's if it's still bad? Sam's volume is low, says Seth. So, Sam's volume is low. Thanks for thanks for that. This, I'm mad. Pedro, why are you depressed? What's going on? I saw your tweet. Wait, um, was Sam's vol? Was Sam? Could you not hear him because his volume was low, or because he wasn't speaking? Because he might not have been speaking. No, I'm speaking at a normal voice. That was him. And you and see the little bars and going it to be, the right. And it should be. You should hear me. Fine. Yeah, you should. Now talking to my mic. Hey, and this is me talking into Sarah's mic now. What if I you're talking asked, to my mic? The, and Mrs. This Sam is me talking to Felipe. No. Yep. Yeah, that's no. what happened. No, yeah. the mic doesn't change your voice, so it sounds like mine. Do it again. This is me talking. No. Yep. This is me talking. And this is me talking in my own voice. <laughs> that's your own voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, Sarah, what if you talking to my mic? This is me talking. <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> no, no! I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck! Okay, you guys just riff for a little bit. I gotta do the tag. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> That's when you yell like that. It, it my headphones blow up. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you could keep doing it though. And I'm in Sam's chair, funny. so I'm gonna be kind of more aggressive physically and in my memories. There yeah. are more things I did is that, that were aggressive. Is that what I do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm aggressive. Yeah. I'm the aggressive big guy in your mind, Sarah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, all right. We got Pedro here on why he is depressed. I'm addicted to Instagram and I'm trying to erase the app and do the work I have to do. I'm addicted to the short term happiness. Big t- Me too. Oh, yeah. Me too. But I feel like you're always c- turning out projects. You always have a project that you're posting. It's true. Always posting some sort of reggaeton cover <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. EP and things mm-hmm. like that. We're collaborating with Haim. Yeah. Or you in a camera, with a camera in some strange part of the South, you know, filming something. Yeah. Yes, totally. Or even or even something as simple as a, a fit, you know, a good fit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting that drip together mm-hmm. for that, the Instagram photo. Mm-hmm. That's long-term happiness. That's long-term. Yeah. That's long-term. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Sam, do you want to talk about uh, 
What, you were gone? No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, let's talk about, about your stepdad's death. <laughs> no, no, I mean, uh, That's the first time I heard you call him your stepdad. I thought he was just your mom's husband. Yeah, I didn't really call him my stepdad. I you call, don't call him dad. I call him, yeah, my mom's husband. I called him dad. <laughs> <laughs> I just called him dad. <laughs> and I called my, my real dad, Mark. <laughs> my, I called him my mom's uh, second husband. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Call your real dad your mom's first husband. Yeah. Well, my mom's been married three times. So oh, really? Dad, Even before your dad? Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. what's the first guy like? <laughs> have you met him? Yeah, no, I've never met him. <gasps> Do you know what he's like? I don't know what he's like. Cole and I have asked him, asked my mom about. You've asked him? <laughs> what do you like? What, what, what was my I, mom like? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I'm just getting some stuff in the fridge. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the laundry's not working. How Can long? you make sure to walk the dogs? <laughs> How long were they married? I gotta go. I don't know. I think maybe like two years. <laughs> just shooting in the dark. Yeah. I'll have to ask you, Mom, um, how when how long you guys are married when I see you next. Hmm. She listens to this podcast, so I can kind of just address her directly. Yeah. A cool mom. Yep. That's right, Julia. She is a cool mom. Yeah. Well, that's very sad. Yes. That Richard passed away. It is sad. It is very sad. Um, I hope we get to go visit her sometime. I think it would be. I think it would be really fun. I really like playing with your dogs. Last time we went. Yeah. And my mom's got a basement. We could. Um, Whoa. Kind of, we could kind yeah. of set up we in there and just sort of table. podcast yeah, yeah. there for yeah. 2022. We got a couple. We got a couple brews. <laughs> we got some Doritos. Oh, it's yeah. heaven. Hell yes. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> we, we put, there's no wall-to-wall carpeting, but we'll put wall-to-wall yeah. carpeting and we'll put a bunch of stains on the carpets yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And Make wood paneling yeah, on the walls. Yeah, exactly. Well, you got, this is no regular basement. This is a basement that has rooms, if that makes oh, sense. It's got tiles? No, tiles it's, floor. Uh, no, it's got rooms is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's got a water slide in it? <laughs> no. It's got rooms. <laughs> it's got rooms. It's rooms. Different, not just one big room. Right, it's not one big but room. It's hey, got so Carly said we should work on lists today. Lists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about the rooms right now, not the floor. Well, well, Sarah, Sarah was two things behind. She yeah. was on the wall-to-wall carpet. Do you guys ever feel like you think of something and then the topic goes away and you're like, fuck, fuck. but I really want to say that thing yes. anyways. I, mean, I add one for what Sam was just saying, but we'll come back to it. Can, we, can you ask Sam rooms. to say it again, to say what he's saying, and then you can say the thing you wanted to say? So what happened to your um He died. <laughs> um, he died. I'm sorry that he passed away. Okay, that's what I said. And then I uh-huh. wanted to say that when I was an NPR intern, one of the things we had to do was write obituaries for people who hadn't died yet, which is something that they do. You know, they get them all ready to go. Yeah. So when it happens. And I remember in mine, I wrote one for like Neil Simon or something, who I think is dead. Um, is now. He? Okay. Is he? I'm not sure. Wait, check. <laughs> sorry, check on that. Sorry, <laughs> I like the idea of yelling at the people on on the internet, but yeah, someone check if Neil Simon's dead. Please. And I got a note on my obituary that um, I put passed away, and they said no one says passed away in real life. In an NPR, we have to talk like natural, real people, and so you should always say die. Fucking died. Yeah. Neil and Simon I was, fucking died. Yeah, he fucking died, man. <laughs> um, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> he went into the bye bye box. <laughs> You're a bitch. Sure, he's like, fuck, he's yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just remember thinking, um, oh, he fucking died, looks like. 
like if people don't say passed away then how come i know those words and they're in my head people do say people do say yeah and they say them awkwardly like i did to you just a second ago but it's still an awkward thing that people do say well my mom said this and i think it's i don't have much experience with this but she said she said when you tell people at work what's happening you should just tell them the truth don't say like oh i have a family issue that's come up or something Mm. because people will always think something of something worse than what's actually <laughs> happening. And in my head, I was like, that's good a, philo- a good philosophy. And also, I can't imagine a Anything thing worse that's than worse, worse yeah. than what, what you're going through. But um, but yeah, I, I was, when my dad committed suicide, I was like, I emailed my boss right away and I was like, my dad just killed himself. Mm, I'm whoa. gonna take, like, I'm not mm. gonna be in work tomorrow. I guess something worse would be if your I'm dad had killed a bunch tomorrow. of people. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he went postal. <laughs> <laughs> um. He killed himself, and I'll leave the rest up to you to imagine. <laughs> and he took a few people with him. How he did it, I'll let you, your brain, run wild. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I remember in middle school, a girl who once missed a bunch of school because of like a medical issue, and everyone kind of freaked out, and she was gone for so long, and everyone was worried she had cancer or something, and it turned out she got a spider bite inside her vagina and uh so oh, she didn't want to talk about it but i was like just That's say him. you got bit by a spider just say you got bit by a spider we were all worried sick yeah i mean i guess then people be like uh that's Bit by a spider, that's not a big deal. And she'd be like, I have to be out of school. And they're calling her up like, what the hell is this all about? You got bit by a spider. That doesn't square. That doesn't sound right to me. And she'd be like, "Ah, I just don't ask any more questions. Like, I'm not stopping until I get to the bottom of this. It's true. You guys only invite more questions. Something went inside of your vagina. (laughs) Your your vagina was entered and bitten. I'm trying to think of the worst way to frame it. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking what if, because you were saying about uh, the NPR uh, being writing obituaries for someone that isn't dead yet and what if there was a horror story where it's like i was an npr intern and then the obituary came to my table and it was my own obituary <laughs> that'd be cool that'd be really a bone cool. chilling that'd ending yeah they pick cool. an intern out of every group that they're like sarah wilson <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow that would be a kind of cool hazing thing Maybe the NPR would do. It would be cool. Or it could just be something cool that we could do as a little writing project yeah. or something. Writing each other's yeah. obituary. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's funny. When, when someone does die, you do need to, if they're not famous, you do need to write often about them so people can like post it in like blogs or in a paper or stuff. Like R- Richard used to work at Harvard and my mom was like, I need you, Erica, who's my brother's uh, wife, I need you, Erica, and, like, you, Lily, like, can you take the task of writing about Richard for this, for, for, uh, Harvard? Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of blew my mind. That's, that's Wait, like they a don't thing have, you have to do. You have to do it yourself? I guess, yeah, I guess you kind of have to send in, inf- well, like, for instance, when my dad died, his brother really wanted to, um, post an obituary in the Cincinnati Times, because he was from Cincinnati. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's like a f- one of those funny odd Wait, tasks. Wait, so did he write you, it himself? Yeah, he wrote it himself. Cool. Yeah, okay. Huh. They send her a, a plucky young reporter <laughs> <laughs> to ask, out to, to Boston. Ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's from Cincinnati? Uh, yes. Mm. Yes. I know this is a hard time, but I just have to come in and ask a few questions. <laughs> 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 Writing a big story. 
Mm. Where were you on the night of the th- October the 13th, <laughs> like 1975? Yeah. Like, I'm not leaving until you tell me more about your husband. So this is all in deep background. <laughs> so you could write anything on the obituary? Could you be funny or something? Um, well, I didn't He died. It. He had a big dick. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> Print that. Did you ever do that, Sarah? My grandpa wants his obituary to be Kenneth Jackson is dead. Golf clubs for sale. Because he loves golf. That's, that's funny. funny. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Really funny. funny. Yeah. yeah. And for his age group, I think people really get kicked out of that. And it yeah. seems yeah. like, you know, it's not so far. It's not such a crazy thing that could happen, you know, within relatively. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. Any day now. <laughs> if if Felipe, if, if 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 I were writing Felipe's, it would what be would um, uh, f- my friend Felipe just died. Uh, big dildos no! for sale. No, no, yes. no. Yes, that's no. what I would write. No, that's not what it would say. I'd probably say something a lot cooler. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say something cool. Something, something cool. Uh, gaming PC for sale. A lot of game, a lot of Steam games on it, <laughs> and most of them are half finished, so you can just kind of finish them up. <laughs> it's just a list of video games I played. Yeah. He played Rust. He played Dark Souls. <laughs> played Rust. There was a bunch of dried up plants that he didn't water, <laughs> and some laundry. <laughs> Um, will you tell about being on Hinge and what happened this oh week? Oh, God, this week. I was, I was, um, how to put it? I came up against the dark reality of our surveillance state and our, our, our rapaciously capitalist um, tech techno-feudal future. The algorithms. The yeah. algorithm. We are at the mercy of the algorithm. What happened? So I was on Hinge. I was... Bright-eyed, so excited to begin um, to using that app, and then I found out. So I was looking through it, and then I opened a tab, and it said, "Wait, I, okay." So I opened a tab. <laughs> you sort of had been using the app normally. I've been using the app normally, doing the likes, whatever. Then I opened a tab, and it said uh, "standouts," and that's where they put all the hottest girls. Now it said these are the people that are most suited for you. I don't know if they're objectively the people that get the most swipes or somehow the... I think they're objectively the people who are most suited for you, that you would most likely fall in love with. And (laughs) I mean, according to the algorithm, yes, I guess. But I also, I'm like, are these people in the standouts tab for everybody? I don't know. Anyways, hottest girls and everyone was like, oh, cool. I want to meet her. It was just little 3D characters. <laughs> it was little 3D, yeah. <laughs> little Bowsers yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, but I try to like them. Regular, you can't like them. Uh-oh. You can't like them, folks, which means you can't match with them, which means you can't message them, Wait, right? you can't how, meet them. So how do you like them? Okay. Do you know how you like them? I don't know why you're laughing. You asked me a question. <laughs> Wait, so how do you like them? <laughs> what do you do? Well, what do you do then? You can only do something called sending a rose. Uh-oh. What is this? You can only get one free... Let me ask the question. Yeah, go. What is this? <laughs> what is what? The rose. What's okay. the rose? You only get one free rose a week, but... Once it's done, you got to pay for the roses. Oh, my God. And so, and so essentially, I looked it up on Reddit, and people were going 
crazy because this, I this bet those Reddit boys are doing <laughs> going crazy. Yeah. Uh, there were some women in there too, but everyone was like, basically, this this, this feature was rolled out two months ago, where they they corral all the hottest people into the standouts oh tab, and you God. have to pay to like them. And the oh roses, my God. you know, and to add insult to injury, the roses. Crazy expensive. How expensive are they? Four dollars per rose. <laughs> and, aye, aye, aye. and if you want to buy like twenty roses, it's like um you get a deal. You get a deal, but it's still like <laughs> it's still like twenty dollars like maybe like thirty bucks for twenty roses or something like that. It's a lot of money for Oh my god. You know, for something that the, the you know but and they're I, all corralled in there. And they're all corralled they're in there. They're trapped. And they're all corralled in there. And like I don't think it's going too far to say this, but it's it's like a ghetto. <laughs> no. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a very it's a digital ghetto yes. for the hottest girls of Hinge. Uh, wow. Yeah, more or less. Um. <laughs> wow, and then also if you send them a rose, that comes to them as a rose. So instead of just a like, they know that they're in your special corral and that you paid money. Either that they either they figure out you're in the special corral, or they're like this guy's a loser who's paying for roses. Because <laughs> you can also send roses to regular people. Ah. Uh. I and see. you have to pay for those? Yes, I think. Well, in any case, I was just like, this is horrible. They're 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 basically like and and the actually the bad part is that when they get put into a little corral, they get taken out of the regular stream. So they're never gonna come up. Well, that's what then. I thought. That's what I thought. And when I okay so wait, pause real quick. What? I just wanna say if I were on Hinge, I'd send you guys a rose. Oh, right absolutely, on. absolutely. And I'll also say this when Felipe told me that this problem was happening, Julia, they're four dollars a piece. Um, I just said I'll send you ten dollars before I knew how much they cost. I assumed they were like a dollar. I was like, I'll just send you ten dollars. Get the roses you out. Were like, you were gonna pay for my people. roses. Yeah. Yes. Holy yeah, moly! Yeah, because I was just like, you seem upset. It seems like you you are certain that the woman that you're supposed to marry is this girl. <laughs> then I'll send you whatever amount of money you need to pay to meet her. <laughs> that would have been very nice yeah. of you. Yeah. Um, but I was really mad this week, and to the, well, I mean, do you wanna do you wanna say what you said to me, and then what Will said to me about it? What did I say? That they didn't look any different from the other girls. Well, that was one of the things. And then you told me that I was being a nerd. Yes. <laughs> a, um, a nerd. Yeah, I was really being a dork about it. And just about like, this is unfair. They can't treat people like this. Like, I can't believe this. I mean, and she's really in there and I, and all these people, and if only I could get them. Like, it was just crazy. It was totally crazy. It was like, these people are just If only saying, I could get my hands on them. They would, they would know about my podcast and my animations. <laughs> exactly. You shouldn't have to send a rose in order for them to see my stuff and see who I am. Yeah. Well, it's crazy to me. I feel like that the people who get sent a rose should get a dollar. I agree. Right. They're they're creating. Monetize they're how creating. They are. They're yeah. creating value for the fucking app. Yes. Well, you gave me you gave me the feminist perspective, which I hadn't even considered. Wait, what's mm -hmm. the feminist perspective? That the women's sexuality is being commodified for money. And there it is. Their money. Yeah. There Although, it but is. I think there's there's I mean you know, not all men. There's also men in the standouts with if you are looking for men. <sighs> And they okay. should they should get a cut as well. I think they should get a cut. But they should get what's how much do women make on the dollar for men? Seventy two cents. They should invert that. And then yeah. So men should get seventy two cents, like, and women yes. should get one dollar. Get one dollar. Yes. <laughs> yep. 
Mm -hmm. And it's fair. And you learned about that in college, And you learned right? about that, yeah. <laughs> well, you know when you know when the Wall Street bets thing was happening and everybody realized that Robin Hood could just shut down all the GameStop, um, all of the GameStop uh, short squeeze stuff, and people said, you have to remember when you go to the casino, the house always wins. And I thought that that, I thought, well, that will never affect me because I don't go to the casino or buy socks. Come to find out, even in Hinge, the house always wins. The house mm -hmm. always wins, yeah. Mm -hmm. House yeah. always wins. You got to be the person who's making the platform. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you can fuck platform. everyone on the platform yes. when you yeah. do that. Exactly. Exactly. It just is crazy to me, though, that the algorithm is such that, like, to our eyes, it just looks like, wow, they managed to pick all the coolest, hottest people and put them in one place. But it is just some weird numbers related function of swiping. I think that, yes. Yes. But to us, it's like appears as like a, an aesthetically consistent subcultural roundup. Well, They're like, how could a computer know who's alt and who's not? And who's too hardcore alt that I wouldn't want to date them? And who's soft alt? And mm. right, right. Well, uh, what I was going to say is they have facial recognition technology and they can just see who's hot. <laughs> but I think what you're saying is actually probably closer to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Just how, who gets swiped on. Do you on. think facial yeah. recognition can decide if you're hot or not? Yes. Even though beauty is in the eye of the beholder? It can't decide if you're hot or not, but it can decide how alt you are. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Eyebrow piercing, calculating. Yeah. I think if being hot is just having a symmetrical face. Yeah. I don't think do that. that. I think that's what being hot is. Uh, okay. I think. Well, that's what I always thought. Whoa. Just kidding. I don't <laughs> well, whoa. I guess to each Wait, his own. Okay. Whoa. So what do you think is hot? If not a, a, a perfectly symmetrical face. Eyes the same. Both half the nose the same yes Both half the mouth everything the same. exactly the same <laughs> when you go out on the street how many people that. do you see who are whose faces aren't symmetrical no we're talking perfect symmetry perfect perfect symmetry and below that perfect breasts wait a minute <laughs> imagine, <laughs> below that imagine you're perfectly symmetrical on the y-axis so down the center of your face but you have no chin your <laughs> nose comes out like this and your eyes are cross-eyed, perfectly symmetrical though, and uh, and you but you got two buck teeth that like you can't even close your mouth without them like snaggling your mouth. I think that's beautiful. You're I don't think I don't appreciate yeah. you trying to get me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've proven you wrong. I'm categorically proven you wrong. Suck that person yeah. off right <laughs> no. away. No, you're wrong. So what's so what's hot to you? Say it. Inner beauty. And we got a couple. Um, no. Say Inner it. beauty. <laughs> So I, because we got a couple people on the on the chat, I bet who'd like to know what you yeah. think hot is. Yeah. Inner beauty, inner beauty. Wow, I'm really, it's great to hear you say that. <laughs> that, that. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> He's joking, folks. He's just kidding. Um, Julia says that this makes her feel gross. Aw. Aww, what just... makes you feel gross? The thing about the standouts? There was a Criminal yeah. Minds episode where the Inner killer... booty. That's right, Carly. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. Hey, Carly, next time just text that to me, okay? And then I can say it. <laughs> there was a criminal... This is Walker Kaplan here. There was a Criminal Minds episode where the killer was unconsciously targeting women who had the same facial structure as him. Fucked up eye. <laughs> he only wanted to get people who had <laughs> fucked up eye. Whoa. Wow. How many Whoa. people would have been like that? I feel like that's a small number of people. Yeah. Which I guess is good for a killer because there's a certain amount of people you after which it becomes too risky to kill. So maybe it's good to kind of narrow the... I was just going to add one last thing about this hinge thing, which is that today I found out that um, they do get put back into your regular stream because I did find some people that had been mm -hmm. put into my standout stream in my regular stream. And once... And get this, once they were in the regular stream, 
I wasn't so interested anymore. Wow. Whoa. <gasps> Wow, you're kidding. I'm so, my mind is so weak. You're kidding. You're a gamer. You're a gamer at heart. My mind is is weak. Oh, they're in a special spot. How do I get that spot? It's like a little puzzle. I have to beat it. I have to beat the game. Exactly. Exactly. That's insane. But have you matched with any of them? Um... No, I mean I'm I'm like half I'm half joking. I mean I, I did see one person and then I messaged her they have not matched yet. And then I got it was Sunday, so I got my rose, so I sent and I <laughs> you said you said, You're out of the corral. <laughs> <laughs> You're free. <laughs> you have no idea how long I've waited this day. <laughs> wow. You sent a rose too to this person. I sent a rose to a different person who had been that I really liked. I was like, I really want to match with Well, I can't believe you're online sending people. <laughs> 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 so corny. It's such a waste of time. I'm not, I don't want to go. It's true. Yeah. But it's yeah. fun. It's fun. You could just send fun. people a little rose, Sarah. If I got a little rose on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, yeah. It's not even like, yeah. even the picture of the rose isn't even like um, a photorealistic picture of a rose. It's like one of these icon. It's like mm. three lines. Mm. Three hmm. lines. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope you find your wife. Me too. I hope I find a wife too. She's in a corral right now, brother. Yeah, she's waiting for me. I'm going to break her free. <laughs> she's in a feedlot right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. Hmm. Well, guys, there, there was a storm this week. Big storm this Texas. week. In Texas. Oh, yes. They got whacked. Yeah, I was seeing tweets. I was seeing so many retweets about like, if you're not in Texas right now, no, we are not okay. This shit is so fucked. It's so horrible. And I was like, damn, I believe you. Well, now what? Like, that sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. You Although, you know, maybe this is callous, but I remember when COVID was really bad in New York. And then I would see people, you know, that like, who would be like, it, we are not doing well over here. Yeah. And then I would be like, I would know, you know, it's like, I would know the person or I would think like, you're kind of in my same, like world like you live in my neighborhood it's like there's no way you're you're not like seeing how fucked up everything is you're like reading about it just like me mm. am i wrong about this i could see i, I mean i don't know who, what that person went through but i, I can <laughs> thank see thank you sam thank I, you. I, can you see my point i can see your point yeah i see your point but i also think um people really were like burning coal fires inside their houses totally and stuff. yes and i don't know if those are the people who were tweeting about it but I'm not trying to minimize it. It did seem fucked up. Yeah. It seemed like everyone was getting whacked. But I guess you're making a point about it. It's hard to sort of like use the internet to get a real sense of anything that's happening. In well, you know, people, people like, you know, often claim experiences and sometimes it's like hard to know to what, like to what extent they're experiencing it. And I guess maybe that's be, beside the point. It shouldn't even matter. Um, you know, but yeah. it's, but, but there is like a stake and um, like, I own this. Like if you're not here, shut the fuck up. Cause I'm here. And it's mm. like, well, you know, then does it matter whether or not you're like experiencing that thing or you're just reading about it in the news or you're yeah. seeing people, you know, yeah. if you weren't, if you weren't with Felipe and me in New York city in April and March and April, <laughs> don't even talk. Yeah. Just, yeah. just in our rooms, gaming, <laughs> yeah. laughing it up, <laughs> eating, eating whatever we wanted, watching Lord of the Rings. Go, yeah. Going into, going into our roommate's room who had left and like setting up, uh, our desks there and just like taking over the space, yeah. then fuck you. All right. You have no idea. You have no what idea what happened with. in New York city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I do kind of like wonder about, you know, the angle people are taking on it where, uh, 
a news reporter will be like, and this isn't a third world country. This is the United States. Yeah. And that, that's obviously problematic. Um, is it that the United States has fallen off in some way and taking care of people in this country? Or has it always been like that? I'm not sure. Like if this snowstorm in Texas had happened 50 years ago, would it look differently or just would be reported in the media differently or like... Is there an infrastructure failing that's like new that didn't used to be that failing. didn't used to be failing that like something is actually like degrading and like the democracy and the civil society is like falling apart or not or it's always just been an illusion of the United States having some ability to take care of people that it never did. I don't know. Well, I guess in the context of Texas, um, well, no, I mean you think about Katrina, you know. I mean, but I guess I guess if you think mm-hmm. of Katrina and this as like being part of the it's same being, historical yeah. moment and not. This this golden past of which you speak. Yeah. I feel like in the 1800s, if there was a big snowstorm in Texas, they probably would have let those people die, right? They, well, again, well, they yeah. wouldn't have fucked. Well, there was no electricity. So, uh, <laughs> so they were more ready <laughs> so, <laughs> to yeah. lose yes. electricity. Yes. Yeah. So in a sense, there's pr- there's been progress since then. Yeah. You know? We so, electrified. Yeah, we electrified. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I think the, the sort of the the self myth making and narrative ar- arc that people have about the united states and what's happening to it and what state it's in is like i think there's real historic evidence for like certain to, to, for certain arguments but then there's also a lot of like myth making that's done by the media about like you know we're a country in crisis or like we've lost this yeah. thing we've lost these like more it's usually around cultural stuff yeah. i do believe our infrastructure has like not had a significant like federal investment for many many years and is yeah. crumbling yeah i think that it would probably be an easy to prove fact that the bridges are worse now yes than they were uh, yes and i believe that because just today i was going outside and there's cr- and i saw a crack in the concrete and there's still all this <laughs> there's still all this snow all over there uh, yeah. and there's dog and poop garbage and stuff and there's garbage yes uh, bags on the side yes. of the road Damn. and there was there was a, an old man and he was like having a bad day <laughs> yeah he was like help me and i and i said i said what is this country coming to yeah you know? <laughs> and i saw a mother i saw a mother in the street breastfeeding a child oh, wow <laughs> she, she was like dressed nice and stuff she's breastfeeding a child wow in a beautiful what is, sundress what is, uh, in uh in prospect lefford's gardens <laughs> yeah that's yeah. cool to see mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, it was terrible. But then, and then a soldier ripped the baby away from her breast, (gasps) and I thought, "What is this country coming to?" You saw that today. Yeah, just now. Just now. Hmm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap! No, Susan Sontag has has uh, an essay where she talks about on photography, and she opens up the the line, um, the essay talking about seeing a what people the stories people make of from photographs and and seeing a boy peeing on the street and then like an article talking about using it as an example to talk about cultural degradation hmm. and that that's like a mis, an, an analytical mistake just because like you have this one data point and and that photographs specifically are these powerful data points that people use but anyways all that to say to tie it into a wider context that i think like people believe america's like failing and is like 
you know, we're becoming a third world country or something like that. It's like a, that's like a, a refrain you hear, but yeah. it's like, it's dependent on like the politics of who's saying it. It means like different things right. and they're talking about different stuff. Yes, totally. Yeah. And then there's a counter narrative that's like the United States has always been like this. Don't say this about the third world country thing. Right. And this, I'm like, okay, is this also a myth that it, it's, yeah, I don't know. Um, if you know, let us please know. Please hit us, us up in the chat. The Are we getting worse or have or we always, always been, been bad? bad? Yeah. Yeah. And then we want to do a congratulations to Kyle and yep. Julia on uh, next week. It'll be two years of dating and they were ranked on the app hinge as most compatible. Oh, that's great. Wow. Wait, Happy birthday. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. The hin hinge rank you already had gotten together, and then they were like, "This is the most compatible couple we've, <laughs> we've, we've created. <laughs> we've created." Or, or it was like before you had met Kyle. Hinge was like, "Julia, she's the most compatible for you." Kyle, answer that when you have a chance. Yeah, and let me know quickly because these silences really kill us. I have an, a, one other dating question that I'll say. Sure. Um, that I just thought of because I, I put a little video of my roommate Peter on Instagram today, and people have been DMing me saying, oh, he looks so handsome. And I think that's funny. I got to check out this photo. You got to look at it. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks pretty good. I love a handsome I love looking at a handsome <laughs> guy. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what it brings me to my question is, do guys like to be called handsome? Because to me, handsome is a horse is handsome and a little boy is handsome. A little boy is A little handsome? boy wearing a little suit. Yeah, a little suit, yeah, or a little yeah. later hose in yes, or something. Yes, that's handsome. Or having his hair slicked yes. with gel. Ah, oh, you handsome. handsome boy. Yes, exactly. But a man, to say a man is handsome to me is there's nothing erotic about that. It's kind of mm. gross. <laughs> what is, what <laughs> is a man? My boyfriend. A, a man is either cute or hot. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Or... Um, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Another word, but yeah. McDreamy. McDreamy, yeah. McDreamy. McDreamy. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I th yes, only only grannies call me handsome. Yeah, you, know? you don't want a girl to say that you look handsome? Um, or you'd be flattered by that? I wonder. I guess it would all depend on the situation. Would you like to be called handsome during sex? you guys are having sex. I yeah. love, You're I so love handsome. handsome. <laughs> <Yes>. Call me handsome. <laughs> Call me handsome. <laughs> You're so handsome. Um, um, Carly says, I want guys to like hearing handsome because I want to say it. Kyle says. You're so handsome. Yeah. That's what Carly wants. Yeah. I always feel like saying <laughs> cute. I hope it's not too diminutive to be like, oh, you're so cute. But it, that's always the word I think of. Um, Pedro says handsome is good. Stop fronting. All right. I think handsome is a specific kind of cute. You know, you like look like John Hamm. I mean, slicked hair, gentleman boss. <laughs> when funny. I was when I first uh, got moved to America, I had a um, I had a a girl in my class named Avery, and she her job was to show me around. She had been kind of my assigned um, assigned um, what do you call it, like chaperone around the school and stuff. She was your chaperone around the school. Very yes, cool. and. Um, I was obviously humiliated. Your, your lady friend. She was yeah. my, yeah, well, you'll find <laughs> out what happened. So I was obviously humiliated to like not be able to speak English. Like I just felt totally That's, like it is humiliating. Yes. <laughs> Here, everybody knows it and you don't. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And exactly. It's so embarrassing <laughs> that I haven't learned this language yet after two months of being in the country. I'm here to make your experience <laughs> in America <laughs> more pleasing. That's how she sounds? Yes. So she also couldn't speak English? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, she's sort of like a Bond type mm -hmm. Bond woman. Mr. Deploy. <laughs> I hit to make America's the best <laughs> for you. <laughs> You're wow. so handsome. I wish she had been like that. 
I wish that had been her. In any case, I was um, really, it was, I felt like self-conscious all the time. Mm. Which is stupid as a little boy. You should just be like, I don't speak I'm a the language. Boy. I'm it's a little fine. Boy. It doesn't yeah. matter. But when you're, when you're, you know, what was I, nine? You're like, fuck, everybody <laughs> is laughing at me that I can't speak the language. <laughs> fuck the roses. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what do you call it? So she, uh, and she did this really nice thing, but actually it, it made me feel even more embarrassed where she learned some words in Spanish. Um, so wow, she learned hola. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, dude. she would. She hinge is about to name her as the top match for you. Yeah. Well, you'll find out. So she, um, she would say like, she learned the, a word for backpack. She would say bolsa, which is not the word that I use for backpack. Bolsa to me literally means bag, like mm. a burlap sack. More like Wait. ball sack. Yeah. That's kind That's of a joke. Right. That's a joke for Carly and Sabina over there making yeah. puns there in the comments. Yeah. But you let it ride. Like <clears> no, I hated it. I felt back. so condescended too, oh. and it, I shouldn't have. She was being really nice, and she really She's liked a kid. me. She's a kid, but she'd be like, <laughs> "Felipe, we have to get la bolsa," and I just felt. Ooh, yeah, the condes- way you just said it. There. That's exactly yes. how she would say Ooh. it. We have to go get la Yikes. bolsa. Yikes. And I was like, oh, stop it, stop I think it. Her parents were like, you that's so bitch. sweet. Yeah, I learned I wonder words. what they thought. I don't know. I was just so anguished. It was so Aww. hard to be in school and not speaking yeah. English. And then one day, I she's like writing a thing on a piece of paper, and I sort of peek over her shoulder. And she was like, oh, oh, I see what is written on it. But she quickly sort of like hides it from me. But what I had seen, and this is how I read it in my Spanish mind, it said, least... Of Kute boys, <gasps> and I was like, end of I was like at the top, and I went to the dictionary to look up Kute, <laughs> C U T E, <laughs> and it said good looking and adorable or whatever. And I told my parents, I was like, oh, she put me on the list of her her cute boys list. Wow. And uh, so I guess that's the reason that she was trying so wow. hard. <laughs> That's a yeah. funny story. It That's is really cute. But I yeah, never like I you had to go to the dictionary and look it up. Yes, I cute. went to like I went to the coat room and I grabbed my little dictionary that was in my backpack and I opened it. Aww. But I never, you know, you never are very handsome. Are <laughs> <laughs> all the men from your country? So, <laughs> dude, this character plays a freak. She's like she speaks even worse English than me. I have heard that the men from your country are so. <laughs> Gifted. <laughs> wow. Well, Sam, you, the school boy. <laughs> you're being really fun, considering you woke up at one in the morning to yeah, start your day. True. Sam now wakes up so early in the morning that he he wakes up at one one in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> He's been awake since then. Yeah, just ready to start my day. I go in here, make a cup of coffee. Everyone's asleep. Will's asleep. <laughs> Felipe's asleep. And those are the people that live here. <laughs> and so everyone's asleep. Yeah, I just make a cup of coffee, get on my computer. Damn, I, I kind of, I don't envy that because it sounds bad, but I also kind of do envy it because I like the idea of like, you know, late night graveyard shift. You get to, yeah, it's like you can have your bravest thoughts, I think. What do you mean your bravest thoughts? (laughs) Yeah. Like like all the things you want to say about race (laughs) on the podcast. Uh, All your real (laughs) beliefs and thoughts that you will never say online. I'm going to say this tonight. (laughs) And then when the sun comes up, you act like, you know, the Sam that we know. (laughs) 
a Jacqueline Hyde yeah. type situation. <laughs> um, I think you're just like, it's actually a thing I, I, I stole from my mom, but like your bravest thoughts, like you, you're sort of, you, you can kind of think freely and, and I, I feel like there's the time and space to sort of pers pursue thoughts and, and like wonder and think about stuff. Whereas once like eight or 9 AM comes around, it's just like, I gotta answer emails. I have all these little <laughs> yeah. tasks to do. You know, it's like, th it, that's not like thinking, that's not reflection time. And in the morning you're like, oh, hey, what? I, I Is like going to bed. He's closing the door, turn his light off. Keep uh, going. Holy crap. Well, keep listening though. <laughs> Don't go to bed. <laughs> well, it's not time to go to bed. We need you ready in case we have a question. <laughs> um, yeah, you can just like look stuff up. You yeah, know. you can ask yourself questions ask like, yourself. Uh, why am I such a piece of shit? I'm so <laughs> fucking worthless. <laughs> no one would care if I wasn't around anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, so it's fun. That's it's fun. I, I made a little list today of, of um, I, it's something I've wanted to do for a while, of like types of people, like kind of archetypes of people. And it, and because I want to start like collecting that because I want to be like a person who can sort of describe different types of people. Like, <laughs> wow, huh. really interesting. And what kinds of qualities <laughs> uh, go into these types? Wow. <laughs> well, oh. there's like <laughs> Phys physiognomical. Yes, qual well, yes, exactly. Well, there's the there's how much melatonin. Right? Sure, sure. <laughs> and then there's the where they come from in the world. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I I you say melatonin and not melanin. Oh shit! Yeah. Right, that's right. Sleepy people. <laughs> You're talking about sleepy people. <laughs> Yeah, they're ridiculous about sleep. Don't like those sleepy yeah, people. Sleep. <laughs> Who's tired? Who's awake? Um, anyways, I want to share it with you guys later because it has just some descriptions about like types of people, types of comedians, and I think we oh, are cool. like different archetypes. I would love for you to Holy that. crap. Yeah. Wait, why don't you just share it now? I'm curious. Okay, well, there's like... It, there's, it, it's an article my mom sent me, and it's like... It's like these are the types of funny people in the workplace and the descriptions themselves. I'm like some of the categories blur for me and aren't right. But I think there, there's sort of like one line sentences that are good. There's like, there's the pr one who's is like the stand up, and it's a person who's like not afraid to say, I have it in my phone, so I don't need to like pull it up, pull it up, pull it up my man. Okay. I'll say this while you pull it up that it bothers me to think of you as you told me that you wake up at 1.30 a.m. and you start tweeting and you're still tweeting for the night crowd, but you're actually well rested right, and like in your right, early morning thing. Because yes. I already had this kind of idea of you as like you seem sort of like alternative and artsy, but you're also like a business executive who like does things very That's systematically right. and works very hard. And it's like you're pretending to be a stay up late guy, but actually you're doing it in the most... Um, sort of uh executive style right yeah. yeah he's not like i'm a scumbag i'm up late. Yeah, i'm up like, like at 1 a.m he's like the market's open at, yeah. at 2 a.m in indonesia <laughs> <laughs> so i have exactly. to schedule <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah stock the 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 nikkei um <laughs> japanese stock market is open so i wake up for that oh we should talk about watching shinchan because that was great oh that was great that, that was a great movie okay so okay i'll name the four types this and you, you comedians listening, listen up and weigh in on these. And Jesse, I'll get back to your thing in a second. And wait, Jesse, Jesse sent me something on my phone to look at, which is a video. Is that the the no, that's Sydney. Okay, Jesse's way up higher. And uh, then Peter, thanks for listening. Yeah, we were talking about you look handsome. I can't wait to see that Pete picture, Peter. Yeah, wait, the picture of his haircut. Mm -hmm. I saw it very nice. Yeah, it looks nice. Okay, let's hear these types. The stand up, 
bold, irreverent, and unafraid to surprise people without being inappropriate or mean. Say That's it again. Kind of a qualifier. The stand up, bold, irreverent, and unafraid to surprise people. Hmm. The sweetheart. These are types of being funny. This and imagine and, and, and it's in the context of an article about people in the workplace. The sweetheart. Earnest, understated, and someone who lightens the mood. Mm, it's Tim Platt. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's at the workplace I going like oh, I'm a man. I thought it was Richard Pryor. <laughs> okay, the sniper. Whoa. Whoa, <laughs> he shoots whoa, people whoa. in the workplace. <laughs> <laughs> he comes with a gun to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sniper. Edgy, sarcastic, nuanced, master of the sharp observation. Hmm. That, one, that one's the one I maybe wouldn't like. <laughs> that one seems like the, the one that would be annoying. The magnet. The guy. Expressive. <laughs> this, uh, this is getting cornier Who to me. Made as, these? Yeah. Who wrote these? The magnet. Expressive, charismatic, and easy to make laugh. Hmm. Okay. Anyways, I think some of these descriptions are, are sort of like the categories can be kind of blurred to me, but I think it's like... It's nice in the humor podcasts that I like. I think there are people who occupy different things. Totally. And that like the, the reason those po humor podcasts work is because people do different stuff. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> um, I was like, should I just name the podcast I listen to or is that bad? Or, but anyways, okay. but, but like we've um, said the podcast we listen to a million times. <laughs> yeah. But well, well, I guess like, in come town i think it's like oh, oh boy <laughs> you <laughs> take it back you're like no. oh like nick nick is the, like the guy who is um irreverent who says things that surprise people who's deliberately trying to be provocative and then stav is the guy who's like the magnet he's like expressive and charismatic and easy to make laugh mm. and then adam is like the sweetheart He's like the earnest, understated wow. guy. Mm. You unlocked it. And they work as a powerful triumvirate. Do you think that's right? I don't listen. Uh, that sounds right to me. Mm. That sounds right to me. Um, and it's off when one of them's out. Mm. And I thought, oh, is there something to learn here? Could could Raisin Man or Mina take on the like archetypes? But then I was like, as soon as I started thinking about it in terms of us, it totally broke down for me because I was like... Oh, the sweetheart. That's Sarah. Like, earnest. And then I was like, understated, no. And then, like, someone who lightens the mood, yes. But I'm like, but also Sarah's really sarcastic. And she is a master of sharp observation. Wow, and that's the sniper, you, you know? Mm. Damn. Um, Damn. And wow, then I, you transcend description. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's so and then I was like, Felipe wa wants to be the stand-up. He likes being in the stand-up position, which is bold irreverent you know he, he, yeah. he sort of like he like he wants to be like poking people but i fail time you, after time <laughs> he fails time <laughs> after time i fucking can't i can't do he it won't let it go but i also think you're you're expressive and charismatic mm. um and what and one of my guys Hmm. I, you know, honestly, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah, something no, to think I'm about. To think this is kind of <laughs> like homework. Like we should do this later. Yeah. <laughs> we should fill out this. Interesting. Work I feel like I've always thought of uh, like the different classic hosts of late night television are like the different archetypes of like being a comedian like how different jimmy fallon is than david letterman like jimmy fallon is wants you to be like laughing with him like everything is like he's so excited to have you and everything it's all warm and you're laughing together the whole time and you're playing games and it's silly and then david letterman is like i'm funny i see what's funny about life and is ironic and sarcastic and like i'm not even going to invite you into that everyone's just gonna kind of look at me and think about what's going on inside my mind about how i yeah. see that this is a farce and that's what's funny and then um Jay Leno, I don't know what's funny or likable about him. He's like horrible. <laughs> yeah, he's an idiot. Nothing interesting about him. Well, I'll I'll just share a thing that I've I've reflected on that I know I can't do or or, or in terms of like how I joke around, which is that like there are people who let's say that um you're in the kitchen and you wanna do a bit where suddenly um you uh are like the joker or something. And then a certain kind of person Let's say their friend comes into the kitchen. So you want to do a bit where you're the Joker. Where you're the Joker. Okay. Where you suddenly have gone crazy <laughs> and you're a psycho. The that friend comes. Terrifying. In, if, yeah, it would yeah. be. If, I don't know how really it would be funny. It's bone chilling. So a friend comes into the kitchen. You want to do the bit. There is a certain kind of person, and I have to think about. I think actually Will is kind of like this, where they just go, "I'm the Joker," and they do it. And then their <laughs> friend gets it. I get the joke. You're playing the Joker. And then now we joke about it. And now I go, oh my God, the Joker. Wow. But I can't wait to hear what the other kind of. I can't is. do that. I can never like p- drop into a character. I have to go, hey, what if I was the Joker? <laughs> I would be like this. And I'm laughing about it. And I'm like, ha ha ha. This is what I would do. I'm like talking about thing. it. I can't embody the bit. I can't embody the mm. bit. It's not fun to me to embody the bit. Mm. I like to just say, what what if I did this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of a key. To, there's a that's a kind of way of joking mm. that people have. Interesting. And I like to. I feel like I like to joke in a way. I think it's vulnerable to drop into a bit in a way that I don't like. I don't mm. like to just be like, I'm doing this bit now, and you and uh, you better get it because yes, if it yes, bombs, yes. it bombs. And some people can deal with the that's bombing. Like a kind of performer. Yes. Like logic. And I'm more like, hey, what if I'm laughing? <laughs> this is funny. Like I'm telling you about yeah. the bit, and I sometimes wish. I mean, if you wish you were the thing you're not, I sometimes wish I could drop into the bit, right. but I can't do that. I can only right. describe it and laugh about it's it. Kind of the the performer versus the writer, maybe. Maybe. Sarah Sarah is so deft that when Sarah's in the room, she when she what she will do is she'll get you to be the Joker That's if right. she wants. If I wanted to see the Joker yes, up on its exactly. legs, I get somebody exactly. else to do it. Yeah. Yes, it's not in her. It's yeah. not a third thing that you guys are talking about. She manifests the Joker <laughs> inside of you and gets you to do it. That's right. Yeah, it's sort of a puppet master. Yeah, exactly. Approach. Exactly. Yeah. Which is even more insidious than being the Joker. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, um, and I'm almost sort of embarrassed to say this because I can't think of a good example for it. I think my sense of humor is really dry and I got a new job this week and I was thinking about like, why do I find it so awkward to like get to know new people, especially in a professional environment? And I'm like, oh, because I, I think of myself as being funny, but I can't be it unless you sort of know exactly what I'm like so that when I'm making a joke, it's clear that that's what the joke is. Otherwise, right. it's so dry. It will just yeah. seem like what I am like. Tough position to be in. Tough position to be in. And I'm thinking of it, this new job, never telling anyone I work with that I do comedy, which I have never i always sort of tell people just just to give an example of the kinds of jokes you do i'll text you at in the morning and then you'll say something like 
don't fucking text me this early. It's too early. And then I'll, I'll be like, really? And then you'll be like, I was just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. Yeah, it's a good joke. <laughs> Nothing about it seems like a joke. It seems serious. You're, you just have to know that you wouldn't say that. that. I would never say that. You're an so annoying bitch. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, so you're not going to tell people that you're working? I'm not going to tell people community? that I do comedy. Because I just something about it. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Again, what do you tell? What are you going to tell them? You do? I did. I watch Netflix <laughs> I, uh, after work. And I, I just hang out and yeah, I don't yeah. do anything. Yeah, will I have no tell, hobbies. Will you tell them about me and Felipe? I'll tell them you're my my friends. Okay, cool. But that uh, we just know each other. Can you tell them that we're cute? Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell them that you guys <laughs> are cute. You. I'll tell them that you guys are are comedians that you're really funny. Yeah, yeah, we. I have I have friends and. We every Sunday we go over and we record ourselves having a conversation, <laughs> but we're not comedians. <laughs> we're not comedians. Yeah. We just like to do that. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just like one. I, I don't want to be um, something about people that I work with now. I think kind of take their work very seriously in a way that if I have a second thing where I'm like, oh, this is just my day job. I wonder if they will think that that's weird. Um, well, that's what it's my situation is like. Yeah. Everyone who you work with is like, this is my career. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it almost seems insulting to be like, I'm just doing totally. This I'm like LARPing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm clocking in. I'm clocking out. Yeah. But you've been very clear with your, you're always like, I don't want to do this. You've told your bosses things. Yes. Like that. I have told them that. Yeah. I hate this job. I just want to clock <laughs> out at six. And they're like, okay. Yeah. yeah don't yeah. keep they promoting give, me. And they give me a raise. That yeah. is so wild. I don't, I wouldn't have the balls to say something like that to an employer. Yeah. yeah. Me neither. Well, when you're, when you're white and you're handsome <laughs> and you're a man, you know. We want to we want to fire Sam, but he's so damn, damn. handsome. Yeah. Damn, he's got all of it. <laughs> he's the he's the he's the uh, our workplace's sniper. Exactly. That's what you're. That's yeah. what you're exactly. exactly. That's funny. I also feel like I don't want to tell them because, like, like I said with the dry sense of humor thing, I don't even try to be funny at work. I try to be extremely serious. And so the idea of Dad telling them that, like, oh, and I'm a comedian, <laughs> <laughs> it's really embarrassing. I'm a comedian. <laughs> I haven't made anybody laugh a single time or even attempted to crack you, a joke. Have you ever been in a workplace where people made you laugh? I feel like every time I, I, I usually work from home because that's the sort of nature of my jobs. But like every time I've been in a workplace, anytime someone's joking, it's corny. Like just I totally like everyone's. And, that, and that's that's a problem I have, too, where it's like when I'm at work, I'm like, I just want to be work, Sam. I don't want to like joke around and have fun because this is not fun for me. Yes. You're like stealing yes. my labor from not yes. stealing. But like <laughs> but this is my life. And I'm, it's being bought. Exactly. And I agreed to sell it yes, to you. But, yes. Yeah. But I'm like, but then like there are coworkers of mine who like want to joke around because like for them work is also their social life. And they yes. want that like neoliberal like marriage <laughs> of like work and social life where you're like, yeah, I like my coworkers and like we party together yes. too and stuff like that. And it's like. When we I'm actually like, we're yeah. gonna move into the Google. Like, <laughs> I want to move into Google with all my work. Move into the cloud. I, wanna, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could live in Google with all my with all my coworkers. <laughs> we're gonna uh, get uploaded to the cloud. Yeah, so it's just painful for me because I'm like I find myself I'm like. God, I'm so dour and serious yes, at work. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't you, I, don't you dare heavy. make, don't you dare make.
make me have fun. I'm not yes. gonna have fun. Don't try to connect with me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or see me. I haven't experienced that at my new job yet because like I haven't met these people in real life, and I only talked to one person. I like my boss. Um, but when I worked at the venture capital incubator, and I found out everyone who I worked with was also like I was 23, maybe when I worked there, 24. Everyone was like 24 through 27, and I assumed we all just like hated our jobs, hated being there, and then fucked off and did whatever we really wanted to do with our lives afterwards. But after I'd been working there for like a month. Um, I realized that they were all hanging out on the weekends. And like when one Whoa. of them had a birthday party, the others were like, holy the population crap, did you feel left party. out? Um, no, I felt sort of shocked that I was like, really? You guys wouldn't want to like, invite me. I'm a like, comedian. <laughs> don't you know really that? <laughs> were, you on, were you on dour mode though? I was on dour mode. I was so miserable when I was there that it wasn't even a choice to try to like joke around. I was like, I, it's everything I have to just keep it together and act normal and like, <laughs> do my job. Um, that I cannot get a joke around. And to find out that they, we were so unhappy in the office together all the time that they then chose to spend recreational time together. It was like, come on, you guys, this is a sickness. Yeah. You need to make other friends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, these people are your enemies. Uh, Every yeah. single one of these people is your enemies. And the, it'll probably yeah. be like that my whole life. Well, why don't you come come into the camera and you show look people at, the, look the, at the nice shit? Hot Steps has redeemed um, 100 uh, high viewer points to say Will. Hey, Hot is. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> Damn, Hot Steps Wait, can you just show really them your um, little shirt? You So Will bought a new shirt that oh. came in. Come on. It's got Come a nice on. little pocket on it. Spin. Don't say the brand, though, because I if we, we're we not getting paid from anybody, so don't say the brand. Okay. Okay. The day we get paid by somebody, I'll say a brand. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. don't say those brands. Stop saying those brands. Seth told me this week that um, on Anthony Jeselnik's podcast, he says that he refuses to ever do corporate or commercial stuff, and he's left a lot of money on the table out of just like not wanting to rock and roll, do that shit. And I was pretty surprised by that because, like, I think that there's like unethical shit that comedians do but uh related to getting money and being corporate but mostly doing commercials i feel like is sort of accepted as like ah oh, it's a revenue stream you do the commercial it is what it is yeah. but to think that like somebody would refuse and like anthony justin like it's not like he's he's successful but he's not like adam sandler or something right so it's cool that he doesn't do it yeah and, and honestly gave me a feeling of like bernie sanders we're like oh the existence of bernie sanders suggests to me that you can be a politician who cares you about people. You can do it. If, if one yes. person is doing it, you can. Yeah. That it is possible. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember who. I remember there. I remember in, um, was it that book, uh, <laughs> Poking a Dead Frog, the one about, or like comedians talk the about. The Judd Apatow interview book. Yeah. I think there was one. I think it was like, or, no, it was a thing that Paul Tompkins said where he was like, don't be afraid to do commercials to make money. But then someone in the Poking a Dead Frog was like, it's crazy that like young people now are so down to get to sell out. He's like, it's like. Yeah. And I I think that that's true. Like people, yeah. So I don't know where. Because there's an understanding that. that like yeah that that's part of it. So people will do it sooner and sooner for less and less money, and then selling out isn't even worth it because they were giving you almost nothing. When I look at when I follow like comedians in Argentina and like they the like the cool ones like even the cool ones have to do ads because it's like there's just not a lot of work there for for comedians and stuff. So it's like of you course. just gotta you just gotta yeah. do like so I think that. Like these two guys who I follow who are like probably in to my mind like the biggest comedians in Argentina, they are they're always doing like ads on their Instagram stories. Which to mm. me I'm like if I ever saw someone do that, like it would just I'd stop looking at their Instagram story. Yeah, yeah, or it would just be really sad. But they they'll do Instagram stories where they're like, Hey guys, like this product, like here's the promo code. I mean people do it on their podcasts, but yeah. like 
they do it on their stories and they do it often and they talk about it often. I was like, oh, it's just because there's like not that much work if you're a I, comedian over there. I thought it was sad when Drake was in the Allstate commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, he was in the like Super Bowl Allstate commercial. What was he doing in it? He was just appearing in it as Drake. And I was like... Was he rapping? No. <laughs> he was like, I need... I need no, he was just insurance? like being Drake on set in like a thing. And it was like, oh my God. They're like, oh my God, is that Drake? Drake from Allstate. Hmm. Wait, Drake people... is from Allstate? Drake, you didn't <laughs> see people just... tweeting about that? People were like, Drake from Allstate. And it became kind of memed afterwards. Like all ads want to have happened with their ads. But anyways, I was kind of bummed out when I saw it. Because I was like, Drake. Dude, but Drake is like already so sold yeah. out. So, yeah. Yeah, why would he need but to it, do that? I know. So I was like They must have offered an extreme undeniable amount of money. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they offered him something that money can't buy. Yeah. What yeah. would uh, that be? Uh? <laughs> the chance to kill one all state employee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yep. That could be it. And if you're in the chat, guess what they all could offer that money can't buy? Uh, get a tier three subscription. <laughs> I'm gonna see. Jesse sent me a little video. But also, uh, you want to say something? I guess I wanted to say a thing about. I've read the the um, the frog book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you just like have to take also with a grain of salt that it was like a lot cheaper to live, and there was like way more subsi subsidization of people living, and like way easier to find jobs and. The economy looked totally different. At what point? Like, the 80s? In like the the 60s and 70s uh. when I think, I think it's it's like this guy who's like a publisher of the National Lampoon, he says in this interview about selling out and it's like, you, you know, you, I think you have to be careful with how far to take this argument, but like, it's annoying when people are like, oh, like this person's set, like it's annoying that like kids today or this generation's like so selling much out more and willing to sell out so yeah. quickly it's like it's it's be it's a, there's a material reason behind it it's because like there's no money to be yeah made. and it's like it's awful to work these like you know these more than 40 hour a week jobs while you're also trying to do this like other thing you know it's like of course totally. you'd sell out there's totally. th that's not even a choice like of yeah. course you'd get paid to do a shitty version of the thing you kind of want to do yeah, it's true. It's funny to sort of like um, try to keep in touch with like what what should be normal? What should life look like? How much money should I be making? How easy should it be to become a comedian? Especially something like that where it's like you've always been told it's extremely hard. Um, that the idea that, it, oh, it's harder now or less hard than ever. Hard to say. Like, what was that tweet that was like going viral that was like, oh, in the 80s, <laughs> in the 80s, a comedian makes a joke about like women loving to shop. They get a special and they're rich. And then today I have to have a podcast and a sketch show and do improv and like blah, blah, blah. And I still don't make any money. And, um, people were ripping into that. I can't really right. remember. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is like, there's something here, but also it's not true. I, like, or like, this is a false analogy. I don't, I have no idea how easy it was to become a famous stand-up comedian in the eighties for like a woman harder than it is now. For people of color harder than it is now for white guys. I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it makes me think about the thing you were saying about whether or not the infrastructure has crumbled. And I, I don't know about the infrastructure in America and whether or not it has, but I do know that that we're like at the at this at the crossroads of all these um, trends. 
that have to do with the neoliberal term like we are having a, a housing crisis and like house prices are higher than they were yeah. than they've than they've ever been and and private education is more expensive than it's ever been and like um there is less access to healthcare because like the you know the 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 sort of job market has been gigified so there's so there's all these like parts of the safety net that are like uh that are getting um uh, degraded yeah and so that's connected so that's one trend and then another one is i think that like comedy has become professionalized so like yeah. i think it used to be that like you people that could be on tv could kind of come from every walk of life or like you could you could uh, there i think there was a point in this country where like you could be in hollywood having started out as uh you know like not coming from family wealth and things like that but now it's like the idea that like a writer's room is staffed by like people who like went to Harvard, I think that that wasn't the case at us at some point in mm. American history, or for that stand-ups are like people who were like doing it in college, or, yeah. Or, like, who like yeah. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily still the case. I think there are there are people sort of from all walks of life who still do comedy, but I think it's like more and more like like a profession it's been professionalized so like you have to like have a degree to be in Do these certain steps yeah to be like an executive you have to like go to a liberal arts college so i think that um i don't know those are two trends i think that's true it also makes me think of um it's sort of a double-edged sword of like how the internet creates more opportunities and pathways for more people anyone can like amass an audience theoretically on instagram or twitter or something and so there's no barrier to that entry but then also the requirement is increased to like and so now you need to have self-produced uh, a significant body of work that you can sell to a network otherwise you're like not really a real comedian versus i think like earlier if when the internet didn't exist it was like oh if you're a live performer the uh, industry just has to sort of take a chance on letting you write something for them rather than being like, well, show me the show that you already made and put on Vimeo, and then we'll let you make a show. So it's like, yeah, I'm not sure. My grandparents were like, Sam, you, you can never do comedy. You're not Jewish or black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that must have been hard. And I was like, no, you don't understand, Graham. Like, it's, it's the kids who... You have to go to a four-year college yeah, to be a comedian now. It's different now. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's people like me who become comedians <laughs> now, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> Seth says, there was a more delineated career path for comedians. Club regular late-night spot network holding deal sitcom during the first comedy boom, but it still served very few people. I believe it. Um, I also think that there's just so many having a job in America seems so horrible right now. I feel like there must be more people trying to have an arts career than ever before and less people wanting to do all the other jobs. Um, and maybe I just feel like that because all of my friends are people who want to be comedians. So it seems like that to me. Um, but also so many jobs are really awful that I can imagine why everyone would be like, I think I'm just going to try to be an artist instead of anything else. Yeah. Yeah go to the American Southwest and make like pottery and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Paint, Sounds paint awesome. Yeah. Yes. House schools. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Wait, I, uh, Seth's here and I maybe want to talk about that uh, Dave Chappelle essay. Sure. Oh, do you want to talk about it with Seth in the chat? Seth, we have something to say to you. Seth, call me later and we'll talk about the essay. We read the essay, Seth. Yes. And I liked it. And I thought. I liked it too. And Felipe and liked Sam it wasn't too. the only one who liked it. I liked it Felipe, too. And I and and I liked it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and but it was I was just when I read it, I thought, oh, I wonder what Seth thinks about this because the essay is sort of interesting. It's sort of like it first sort of 
um, condemns Dave Chappelle and then it saves him and then it like condemns him again at the end and as in true dialectical of, fashion. Exactly. I wonder what Seth thinks about this essay. Exactly. Seth wrote. Yeah. And then and and so I thought uh, Seth, a famous you know detractor of Dave Chappelle. I wonder what he thinks about this. Wait, so this, Seth didn't write this article, or he did? No, he didn't. Oh, I thought person. this is something, and that's why I was didn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, hey, Seth, what was it published in? Uh, I don't LA know. Review of Books. Mm. I don't know. I don't know who wrote it. Yeah, though. maybe this is uh, something I should talk about later with Seth or something. I mean, it would be well, nice we, if we had all read the article. Yeah. Well, then it gives you an opportunity to tell me about it as if I was like in the audience and I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to explain it, Sam? Okay, I'll I'll try. Can we explain it together? Yeah. And Sarah, you can be the attentive question asker. Yeah, sure. Try not to interrupt with your flow. If you get into oh, a flow man. mode, I read this I like four days ago. Okay, so this this article starts off with Dave Chappelle's doing a description of Dave Chappelle doing his 2020 SNL opening the night uh, Biden got elected, and it describes how. In 2016, Dave Chappelle, like, addressed, like, all the the entire political moment of, like, Trump getting elected, and it was really, like, um, cathartic and and, and apt for the moment. And this time around, he just, like, talked about, basically, he's, like, all this bitter fighting he's had with all these networks about, Mm. like, the money he's owed by, like, HBO Max and stuff. And he's, like, I finally got the money from HBO Max and he's like I fuck with Netflix because they respect what I do and like and um and it's a win for the people basically that I like and a win for my fans that I got this money and people were like why the fuck are you talking about this on the night like Biden got elected and like we finally like whatever overthrew Trump and stuff and you're like talking about these like essentially these like financial dealings that you have with these networks a millionaires financial problems yes yes yeah. and then it was like and it was like so. So Dave Chappelle's out of touch. And then and then the, the essay was like, no, it's actually it sort of read what Dave Chappelle was doing like at a higher level, where it was like, oh, well, this whole moment highlights the kind of financial relationship that Dave Chappelle has with SNL. And it, it, it's more indicative of the moment that's actually happening, which is like it's this trans, it's this like algorithm created transaction where like SNL and NBC were like this we pick this person for like um because it's going to get the most ratings and the most views for this night so it's like it's apt that he's like talking about these deals on this night because this whole thing is this like calculated uh financial bet basically he's, he's highlighting his role in like a political economy so it's yes. like actually what Chappelle did was was actually the most um, the most connected to to the moment rather than being tone deaf. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's sort of showing the piping. He's like showing the money behind yeah, what's going on. Yeah. And then and then it's like and then it kind of departs from from that and goes into this like longer thing where it's like describes Dave Chappelle's biography and his relationship to um, selling basically to to like selling out and, and like making money and like 
Dave Sir. Dave Chappelle's like struggle over his whole like comedy career of being like, I want to be a guy who like says the things I want to be able to say. And I have this uncomfortable relationship with these networks that like, um, buy my work and stuff like that. But they also like, I don't really have power over the work that I make. Well, it's funny that you're saying this because it's reminding me of this thing. I kind of forgot that for most of my young life, like Dave Chappelle was this person who famously made the funniest show ever on TV. And then left out of like total of dollars yeah. and and made the network lose millions yes. of comedy and people said that he was crazy but there was also this idea that was like no everybody else is crazy and only dave Chappelle yes sees and and he truth. walked away because he was like i'm being muzzled and like the work that i'm doing is being like twisted by by um comedy central and and being interpreted in these ways that i don't want it to be like interpreted and read and consumed as and he and the essay like relates it to Mark Twain, who also had a similar biography, and so he so it's like linking Mark Twain in the sense that Mark Twain had like a, like an antagonistic relationship with his publishers, and mm. that he was always like struggling to gain control of what he yes wrote and did yes, and that like and so. So, so, so you sort of think Dave Chappelle's bad, and then it's like, oh no! If you know about Dave Chappelle, you you see what's cool about what he's doing, and that like he actually has this complex biography about his relationship to 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 the kind of uh, co- the comedy infrastructure that's like made his career, and that he's been fighting against it, and then and that in his mind, Dave Chappelle like he's seen as like an he sees himself as like an underdog fighting the powers that be yeah and that that's it's actually a kind of it's uh as the author sort of describes it's like a a kind of the burden the american comedian must bear and he sort of links Mm. it back to mark twain in this way and then finally he's like he's like oh but dave Chappelle in the end is like when he he describes um, that he's um, he's now HBO, which which like had released um, the Chappelle show. Yeah, like, HBO was streaming Chappelle show without sending him royalties, which was kind of the crux of his like beef with HBO. Yes, yeah. yes. So HBO like finally took it down, and, and Netflix like gave him a bunch of deals and stuff. And he and Dave Chappelle was like in like his thesis is like this is a win for my fans this is a win for the people this is like a win for the underdog and that the the artist i mean the author is like in this sense dave Chappelle is wrong he doesn't understand the power that he has now as like the most famous popular comedian Median alive, alive. <laughs> yeah. and that he's like uh, equating sort of people's power the the sort of ultimating the ultimate culminating event of like people's power is like his fans being able to channel their energy into like him making like millions and millions of dollars yeah. and getting his way with like four networks yeah and that to to dave Chappelle is like the be all end all synthesis of like people's power and like uprising mm. and revolution mm. and that that's bad yeah and disturbing it's it's a cool article and it talks of it makes an, a lot of other really good minor points i think but i i was sort of yeah yeah I that's funny it. it makes me think also of like all this conversation was going on twitter this week about the john stewart packet 
And um, I guess the deal, if you're listening and you don't know, is Jon Stewart's getting a new comedy show and they put out this packet for it where they were like, we really are going to read all of these and we really want people who've like never written for TV before and maybe don't have representation to apply and we will really consider you. Um, and so lots of people were writing for it and it was this exciting thing because I think usually packets is like kind of a facade, right? Like and the, and the people, they just do inside hires. Um, so it's a big thing. And then there was just like a lot of stuff on Twitter about it. And then um, this stuff that always comes up about like, wanting comedy to be more of a meritocracy and i was just reading it and i was like the word meritocracy to me also doesn't mean anything it's still just a bunch of people who like want to be famous and make more money than other people and be rich <laughs> like the meritocracy is like oh but i work i deserved it more and so people who deserve things more should get things i'm like what's that even that doesn't mean anything to me and so that just i thought of that because of the dave Chappelle thing it's like oh he's winning out because he deserves to make the millions of dollars because he did the work and he is the greatest living comedian so hbo should pay him a fuck ton of money it's like I guess, yeah. Mm. I mean, the executive shouldn't make all that money off of his work, sure, but it's like a confused end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think if you cared about meritocracy, you wouldn't want to, like, be an inter... Le- or, or, like, be a comedian, maybe. Become a famous person. Become a famous <laughs> yeah. person, certainly, yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know, I just don't get it. I mean, do you guys agree? Like, when I just hear people talking about meritocracy, I'm like, for some reason, that doesn't sound good to me either. I don't I don't know. Mm, the meritocracy, yeah. 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 Only the most deserving people at writing jokes should well, I guess, be famous I guess mer- people. I guess the term meritocracy is loaded. In our context, it's kind of a loaded term that we know is never what it means right people say meritocracy and and when you hear that you know oh that's that's like this just ideological justification for for an unfair world and so we're like suspicious of the word i guess in the case of the john stewart thing i'm like well you know i guess in in a in a way they have sort of broken down one of the barriers to entry i guess it's it's yet to be seen like how you know if that's going to bear out i don't know how they're going to read all those packets and make the decisions um and and even if that was the case, like there are all other sorts of impediments to like getting sure. your stuff written. Like for instance, knowing how to write a packet, which is something sure. that you would get from like a, you know, an education or, you know, like a fancy yeah. education or time to writing. So there's all these other impediments that aren't just like eyes on your work. Um, but you have to take the yeah. writing a packet class. Yeah. I guess I do, I do yeah. think, I do think <laughs> I do yeah. sometimes feel like I, this is maybe like, maybe this is regressive or something, but you know, I think about in Argentina and like. Can you pause real quick? Just, uh, sure. Just Seth, I I, I I wanted to say that yes, absolutely. And Felipe and I talked about exactly the point you're making about the writer thinking that not being funny is revolutionary and cool, and that like it totally ignores the fact that there's that he's out of Dave Chappelle is out of touch, and also yeah. that there are tons and tons of comedians who are deliberately and artfully like unfunny in their acts at moments to like well, straddle the line I, between being like uh uh digestible by like co- the, and have commercial value but digestible by the mainstream and not yeah well i also actually that was a thing i thought was kind of that where the article kind of lost me because it actually has this whole sort of um it goes down this this side path where it talks about how comedians are burdened with like they can't say it, it has this conversation between john oliver and um Jerry Seinfeld, where they're basically like, you can't say something serious. You can't do critique unless it's funny. And the article says, like, in in the United States, critique is burdened with like the 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 sort of need to be funny. Like America will not listen to critique yes. unless it is funny. 
And I felt that that was a moment where the article strays from being like materialist and looking at things in terms of like, what is your relationship to infrastructures and industries? And it turns it and it it sort of like traffics in some of the tropes and some of the kind of, I think, tired tropes about um, like culture, like in America, because the article says, yes, uh, you can only do critique if it's funny in America. Like we and and instead of. And people believe that that makes the comedian's role more important, but that actually, what it actually does is it depreciates the the value of critique. Mm. And so I was like, oh, this 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 moment kind of fell flat for me because I was like, uh, first of all, I don't think that that's true. I think that like there's there's plenty of um you know uh, edutainment like humorless edutainment like there's a lot of stuff and actually documentaries like with infographics embedded and this and that and history right. of whatever I, yeah I I and Podcasting. and also the bigger point which is that like if you really believe in whatever, you know, liberalism, whatever, it's like, it can absorb anything. Like you can put a documentary on Netflix, like Ava DuVernay's 13th. Yes. That totally changes everything you understand about. Yeah. But, but the, but the, but the, the system can withstand that. Like, in fact, it's part of the system that it like permits it to exist. So it's like, that was a moment where I was like, Oh, this is a weaker part of the article that I'm not so interested in. Like it doesn't, I don't care whether, uh, American culture, quote unquote, only accepts critique as if it's funny or not. Mm. It's like that doesn't even matter. Like yeah. the content of what's being said doesn't even totally matter. It's all just content. It's yeah. all just content, <laughs> yeah. and it's not like you yeah. know. Yeah, interesting. So, but so, so meritocracy, and then a the thing you were saying well, in Argentina. The other thing I want to say about the meritocracy thing, I thought of another thing that relates to it is that that tweet about um. People were tweeting that no one who works 40 hours a week in America should have to be on food stamps or not be able to pay their rent. Yes, or should be in poverty. Should, should be live. in poverty, yeah. Yes. And then other people tweeted second level, no one should be living in poverty. And mm-hmm. uh, I just think the same thing about the meritocracy thing. It's like, oh, well, if there's a real meritocracy in comedy, then it would be great. And it's like, no, the industry is totally fucked. Like, why would it be okay just because, like, the hardworking, deserving comedians are now the ones who like Dave Chappelle is that well I, this is but that's what I'm gonna say there's a the, third entry point which is this it's like I look at Argentina and it's like most countries that aren't America don't have huge uh, comedy industries yeah, right. they don't they don't have industries that can sustain hundreds and hundreds of comedy writers you know even in even in like Europe it's like France has you know a couple channels and like a couple yeah, production companies yes. or like in Argentina it's like there's one channel there's like one and literal like channel in the symbolic way there's a single channel through which you can put out comedy yes you can be like an instagrammer but it's not like in america where if you're an instagram influencer you're guaranteed to make money artists in argentina like um work a lot like a lot more for less money like someone who's at my level for instance as an animator probably does a lot more free jobs that pay very little and like really scripts by more than i do and so from that perspective i'm like oh it's this like crazy uh, uh sort of fortuitous moment in american history where like all these people can be paid comedians like and and, yeah. and and maybe this is a little regressive but i'm like no one like deserves to have a job in this like and but actually everybody the, wants to do it right yeah. it's like i mean like, this is the thing the answer is like everybody should get to do art yes exactly the, everyone exactly, should get exactly. to do art and we, everyone should get to enjoy each other's art as they want to yeah yeah, yeah. it's like but it's like and everybody should live a a, comf- a life that's like free free from want yes i don't the fact that like we're conflating like we it's like everybody should get comedy jobs like not everybody should get comedy jobs it would be better if we live in a world where like you could just make art and live a life free from and enjoy it and go see shows and think you're funny and Mm -hmm. it was fun to put the shows on Mm -hmm. and right so you're putting the burden of like a kind of a kind of like ideal social order on 
an industry which is like really anomalous in the world. There's not yes. very many yes. parts of the world that yes. have such big entertainment well, industries. Because also, isn't that knowing nothing about Argentina in particular, like? People in Argentina watch American stuff, right? Right, exactly. So, like, yeah, it's like flooded by the system here is why it's in other places there's less to go around. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like cultural imperialism. So it's like, yeah, I, I think I, th- I don't know. I guess it would be yeah. fun to write for John Stewart. It would, and to make him ten thousand dollars a week, fifteen thousand yeah. dollars a week. Yeah, absolutely. Fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't week. know that it's that much. I hear you can make that much like writing for a Netflix show. That's okay. You can make oh my god but you're employed for like three weeks yeah something like that yeah <laughs> you have to write the whole Man, show in a week i'm yeah. i'm sad i don't no. think i don't think anything that john's it's like john stewart just let it lie you had i thought you, you were gonna do the documentary thing john stewart why are you doing another comedy show yeah it's yeah. like you you had your moment it was good you just let like it a rest fireman or something yeah. just yeah. let it rest something else. Let, it, let it rest we're I, at the time we're at time yeah so folks Thanks for coming out. Um, can we have like a little catchphrase that we say at the end of the, because it's the end of the show? Good night. Uh, could it be like, uh, holy crap. Yeah, holy crap, guys. <laughs> holy crap, what that was, was that? sad. What the fuck was that? Okay, yeah, wait. So on three, crazy. so on three, we say holy crap. What yeah. the fuck was that? Yeah. One, two, three. Holy, holy crap. crap. What, what the, the fuck, fuck was, was that? that? Raisin Man Arena.